whose birthday is coming up. Oh, my God. You know what? Let me tell you something. What? You know, I don't mind getting older. I really don't. Like, I love being in my 40s, but I'm like, I'm going to be 43 on Saturday. Mm Mm-hmm. And Nick was like, babe, what do you want to do for your birthday? Should we go out? I'm like. He doesn't know you're not a birthday person. I don't want to fight a crowd. Yeah. You want to go to a homosexual establishment and fight <laughs> sweaty twinks while they're dancing to Robin? I don't think so. Doesn't I, he know you just want to smoke pot and watch Golden Girls? Exactly. And he's like, no, babe, we got to do more than that. What do you want for your birthday? Peace and quiet. Yeah. yeah. I want peace and I quiet. Want you. Just shut up. No. And he's... stick your bum in the air. Well, <laughs> what would you like for your birthday? Like a cat. Weed, Golden Girls, and butt stuff. Not necessarily <laughs> in that order. Is this okay for a cold <laughs> open, Steve? <laughs> Welcome to I, I Think, Think Not. Not, the podcast where I, Ellen Marsh, and I, Ellen Marsh, I, Ellen Marsh, <laughs> and Joey Taranto recap, talk about, monologue, go on tangents yep. about your favorite true crime shows. We're hitting all of your favorites. We are just bopping around, picking your favorites. We're also listening to you, taking your suggestions, but we are just having a blast doing this. Right, Joey? Oh, I'm having the best time. And also, I just love you. I love you, too. What series has been your favorite so far? I really am enjoying City Confidential. Like, the one we, we just did. One? I want to do another one. Alright, let's do another one. It's kind of like old school. Yeah, that's we, we can do that. Do you know why? We make the rules because yeah. we are on the poster. <laughs> so, yeah. And and then if you feel like you want some other back stuff of that other girl and other shows like Snapped and See No Evil and Pink Collar Cry. And my favorite, I almost got away with it. Uh, <gasps> we should do another one for the main feed for that. Yeah, we will. You can find that on the Patreon. You can go to our website at I Think Not Pod and click on the Patreon link. There is plenty of stuff to keep you happy on your long drive or help you ignore your children. <laughs> we are doing Who the Bleep Did I Marry? Dangerous Games Season 6, Episode 3. It was much more than a schoolgirl crush for Mandy Boardman when she met a charming man twice her age. David knew how to make me feel nice and pretty and wanted. He was definitely a good guy. But Mandy's intense infatuation was obscuring David's disturbing desires. He's the devil incarnate. Mandy was absolutely in danger. And Mandy was forced to make the toughest decision of her life when she discovered how far he would go. It was monstrous how anybody could just do that. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable what I saw. When it comes to love and marriage, things aren't always as they seem. So here we are in Indianapolis, Indiana with Mandy Boardman. And Mandy has always... Hey, Indianapolis people. (laughs) Do you know what Indianapolis is famous for? What? Well, it is the mecca for jazz musicians, and the nickname for indie is, do you know what it is? Naptown. What? I don't know. I is like, that real? Yeah. I like naps. Yeah. Why? I they, love a nap. They also have the world's, this is true, they have the world's largest children's museum, or as Joey likes to call it, the Museum of Birth Control. <laughs> Real talk, I used to love on a cold day taking Lola to like a children's museum. You would come home with like minimum whooping cough. Like at minimum, you're coming home with like whooping cough and probably hep B. (laughs) Mandy Boardman has always thought of herself as mature for her age. Even at 17 years old, she wasn't one to party or break the rules. I was pretty responsible. Uh, I didn't really have time to be wild. I had a job, I had school, I played softball. I grew up a block away from the ball fields, and it was just, it was the place to be. Mandy, she was always very mature for her age, Miss Mandy Boardman. Even in high school, she was busy working, playing softball. She didn't have time to go to, you know, parties. And when I was 17... Oh, boy. I was figuring out how to erase my search history because I certainly Googled the word gay almost every day. Just gay. Not penis, not butt, not butt stuff, just gay. What did you come up with, my love? Anything that would be like, what 
Wait, say more about gay. Yeah. What? The, I didn't know any gay people. Yeah. And you know, being raised in church, I was told gay people go to hell. That's yeah. all I knew. And I'm like, and then you grew up and found out they fucking do. Yeah, because doing a show with you, that, that is, is hell. hell. <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry, Lord. I don't know where I went wrong. So in the spring of 1996, Mandy was excited to join a co-ed adult softball league within her close-knit Indianapolis community. At 17, you become an adult when it comes to softball, so you have to join an adult league. And I decided that I would sub for a team, so I would get my fix. But it is the spring of 1996. Now you know what I'm going to say. Good year for music! No. Movies. I mean, great year for music. Every year in the 90s was good for music. Okay, can I just say before you go to the movies, because I thought you were going to go to the music? Yeah. 1996 gave us the best song with the use of a jingle bell that wasn't a Christmas song. The what song am I? Use... Best use of a jingle bell. Hold on a second. Now you really, with a jingle bell? A jingle. Like a, sleigh bells? A prominent chick, chick, chick jingle bell. A prominent jingle bell. I don't know. This is good trivia. You really got- All coming back and a jingle bell in the back. Is that a jingle bell? Oh, Joseph. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. That's a fucking jingle bell. Who wrote that song again? Uh, Jim Steinman. Jim Steinman was such a fucking weirdo. I love it so much. You know what this song needs? A jingle bell. A jingle bell. All right, tell me about your movies. Okay. 1996, Independence Day, Mission Impossible. Also, we were given Twista, Helen Hunt, and Flying Cows. Never saw it. What? A, are you joking? No. Wow. Through the team, Mandy met all kinds of people. Hey, guys. Including 35-year-old David Wise. Hi. My name's David. What's your name? David worked at a shipping company, was a fine ball player, and seemed keen on offering Mandy extra support. So Mandy joins the softball team, and that's where she kind of like, you know, met people and made friends. And she met a 35-year-old man by the name of David Wise. Now, I don't know if we mentioned this. Mandy is 17. You know, I had to look this up. I was like, what's the age of consent in Indiana? Mm-hmm. It's 16. Uh-huh. That's Wild. Yeah. Don't worry. He waited till she was he 18. He waited till she was 18. He was like, he had like a little one of those advent calendars that you tick down, you know. He's <laughs> like, she's almost legal. She's almost legal. And he asked her out on a date. Yeah. And you know, 18-year-old Mandy was like, oh, she enjoyed the attention. He he was slick in that he knew how to make her feel desirable, how to make her feel attractive. She enjoyed that. And so And and I'm so broken that when I hear that he was like showering her with compliments, I was like, he's love bombing you. <laughs> It's a trap. And then I'm like, why am I like this? And then I'm like, well, you're watching a show called Who the Bleep Did I Marry? So, Girl, yeah. better help. Mandy and Dave were kind of an odd pairing, and it might have been because of the age difference. So to me, they were a little odd, but they seemed happy. I love this oh because my- Mandy's friend Nicole shows up, and she's basically like, yeah, they were a weird fucking couple, bro. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking weird. She's like, I don't care. They seemed happy, but it was fucking weird. And so she's explaining how she's in this new romance and everything. And we get a smash cut to Mandy's mom, Tony. And she says, I was not a happy mommy. Not happy at all. I was like, Mama Tony, you can come sit with us. I like people who get right to the point. He was too old for her. And Mama Tony was like, Bitch, no. Yeah, but then I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, all right? I'm not a fan of her. I'm not a fan of her. We'll get to it why. I know why you're going to say that. And also, I'm like, listen, you're allowed to have an opinion. You can say to your kid, look, you're 18. And and even that 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 whole, you know, trope about like, it's if you're living under my roof, it's my rules. Abs- fair. Okay, I'm going to say something and you're not going to like it. All right. If I were to think of Lola, like I can only picture her now. She's almost, yeah. she'll be 14 in June. At 18, and she came home with a 35-year-old man. Yeah. Now, we've both dated people, big age differences. Yeah. I'd be like, the fuck you are. I totally get I it. Think you just know too much. What is a 35-year-old man? Do you know what I mean? I get it. I totally get it. My point is, I guess I'm coming from a place where my mother was overbearing with all of us. I love you, Mom. I hope you ain't listening to this. She's like... 
Joey, I'm not giving you $5, honey. But she <laughs> ransacked our lives. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, she just, she micromanaged because that's just the way she was. And it's like, at some point, you have to say, listen, I don't like this. I don't think but that this is a good said. idea. She just said she didn't like oh, it. Oh, she did. She did more well, than that. she does one other thing, but I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, well, and here's the other thing. When you're 18, especially if you have controlling parents, and her mother was very, her mother was not shy. And Mandy makes that very clear. Man, you couldn't tell me shit when I was 18. You could have offered me meth on a hot waffle iron. And if my parents told me not to do it, I was going to do it. So now, even though, you know, Mandy wasn't like didn't share the same concerns that her mother had about their age difference, she did have another concern. And that was David's drinking because he drank a lot. Yeah. And Mandy didn't drink. No. And she was kind of uncomfortable being around it. And then I think when you don't drink, you kind of notice how much other people drink. I mean, you know I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. And when I'm sitting with people at dinner and they get to like cocktail four during yeah. the main, I'm like, this is a lot of booze, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I think when you don't drink, it's just very more. I, it's of not course, a, you're aware of it's it. Not, it's not a judgment. I don't give a shit what you do. You're just like, huh, four drinks. It just hurts my belly. But so you know much. what? There is nothing worse than like when you arrive and everyone's drunk oh, and you're stone cold no, sober. No. It's the worst. And also, I've had friends who are like, oh, I don't really smoke, but you should come over and get high. Bitch, I'm not getting high and sitting yeah. with your sober ass. So I did tell him, I'm okay if you drink a couple beers every now and then, but the hard stuff had had to stop. You've been drinking way too much. And to her pleasant surprise, David completely listened to her request. He stopped drinking. You know, he, he actually even stopped drinking beer. I felt if he's going to quit drinking for me, this is going to be great because he obviously wants to make me happy. Basically, Mandy was like, look, I I get having a few beers every once in a while, but like you are getting blackout drunk and you're drinking the heavy shit. I don't like it. Yeah. And he said, you know what? Fair enough. And he said, fuck the beers. I'm just going to quit drinking altogether. And so she was like, you love me. Yeah. And so marriage started to look really promising. And Mandy said what so many people said. If I'm going to get married, I'm only going to do it one time. I want it to be forever. It's going to be forever. And you all know that only one thing is forever. And that is that God awful tattoo you got when you were 19 and you were on spring break in Myrtle Beach and you just wish it would go away. Auntie Ellen is here to shatter all your hopes and dreams and also talk about cougar stuff. Because after you get... Divorce, the cougar stuff is super fun. You know, I got oh, something to say about this. Oh, fucking hell. And you know what? I never thought I was going to agree with you. Oh, Bobby Lynn, you're agreeing with me. I do agree with you. Marriage is not forever. That's why you got to marry yourself. Because no matter what, you don't have to evolve with a stupid man yeah. or a stupid woman or a stupid they, them. I know. Yeah. I know. Okay. I know Smoke, about that. Woke, Bobby Okay, Lynn. but what I'm saying is if you marry yourself, uh-huh. you grow with yourself and you don't have to worry about that problem. You don't have to spend, I don't know, you probably got one of those fancy hoity-toity lawyers with a $45,000 divorce. Uh-huh. With me, I don't have to divorce myself. It's forever. Right. The only thing I got to worry about now is getting my $143 back that you haven't helped me get back either. You got connections. I know you do, but you never helped me because I'm a little person. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, shut up. You can take a right and leave. <laughs> we need better security <laughs> in this building is what, I, what I'm thinking is, is, yeah. So on May 2nd, 1998, right when I graduated high school, <laughs> Mandy and David get married. And this is the thing I'm referencing. Yes, I knew that. Mama Tony did that I don't agree with. When you have kids, obviously you want the best for them. You want their life to be easy. And you want them to make smart choices, but you can't control your kids. And punishing your kids for making adult decisions that you wouldn't necessarily make is wrong. That spring... Mandy wed David in a simple ceremony in front of family and friends, much to Mandy's mother's dismay. It broke my heart because of the fact that I disliked him. I was really no part of it at all, none. And so I sat in the very last row and I wore completely black. Mama Tony is here bragging about how she hated the fact that they were getting married so much that she sat on the last row at her daughter's wedding and wore all black. Congrats, Tony. You made your point. Is that what you wanted to do? 
Is that what you wanted to do? Great. It was a little childish. It's petty as fuck, bro. Yeah. No, I get it. Because my mother-in-law hated me. Oh, she sure did. She still does. And (laughs) she did the opposite for my wedding. What did she do? Oh, she wore, my wedding was like all autumnal colors. Like my my colors were like yellow and champagne and like sage green. Mm. And she wore magenta and purple. She's a twat, dude. She wore magenta and purple. And you know what English people wear when they go to weddings? What? Fascinators. Oh, right, 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 right. And her fascinator looked like a fucking bird of paradise <laughs> coming out of her hair that looked like she stuck her finger in a goddamn light socket. She was trying to steal the fucking show. Wow. You really did yeah. marry uh, into the wildest family. I will show you a picture. You will not catch your breath. So Mama Tony wore black. Mama Margaret wore colors. I'm surprised you didn't tell her to take that goddamn dress off. Yeah. Oh, I'll show you a picture. And then my mom wore a gorgeous champagne dress. It's fine. In the spring of 1998, Mandy Wise was determined to prove to everyone that her marriage to new husband David was a success. And indeed, it seemed it would, when nearly nine months to her wedding day, Mandy delivered a healthy baby boy. And one year later, she became pregnant again, this time with a daughter. So almost exactly nine months after the wedding... Mandy has a baby boy, and then a year after that, Mandy's pregnant with a baby girl. That sounds terrible. You're pregnant for two fucking years. (laughs) Yeah. Did you enjoy being pregnant? Um, I didn't not enjoy it, but I didn't enjoy it. I had sciatica. What's that? It's like it's like that nerve, that sciatic nerve, and it's this pain that shoots down your leg. Oh no. Yeah. My boobs were huge. I didn't I didn't hate it. I was a fine pregnant. What's it like pushing a baby out of your vagina? It is absolutely the worst kind of pain. They say you forget the pain. I have yet to forget it. And you it didn't get like an epidural? I got an epidural after like 36 hours and it wore off. Stop. I literally slept for four hours because they gave me morphine because they were like, if you don't sleep, you're not going to be able to push this baby out. So I woke up at like hour 40 and I was like, why do I feel this all again? Wow. And they're like, oh, sometimes the epidural doesn't take. I was like, bitch, make it take. <laughs> Put more in there. And they're like, you're too little. Wow. You know what? Can I just say, I think women are amazing. But, it is and also, amazing, like, yeah. the shit that y'all have to do that your body goes through, and men are little bitches. But by the time their little girl was born in December 2001, Mandy noticed that David seemed to be falling back into an old habit. The drinking had gotten to a point where it became more often. People around us started noticing and making comments. So yeah, her little girl was born in 2001. And that was the time that David started drinking again. And we only know this because reenactment David takes a slow motion swig of an IBC root beer. (laughs) Because if you're going to... Drink beer, it should have roots in it. You chew it. Root beer is so good. I do not like root beer. Really? I really don't enjoy it. Oh, I, he he swigged that pretend beer that was quite obviously an IBC root yeah. beer. And I was like, that looks delicious. You know bottle caps, the candy bottle caps? Yeah. When I get that root beer one, I fucking hate it. Weird. Dull, oh, but also, you know... He would, like, get drunk in public and embarrass Mandy. There is nothing worse than a loud, obnoxious drunk in public. It's like people who stand up and take their shirt off when they win something in a bar and scream, I will fuck you all. Yeah, it's so embarrassing. I know. It's really embarrassing. I need new friends. Mandy had no clue why David had suddenly gone back on his word to stop drinking and decided to confront him one evening. I tried to explain to David that... Not only was I not wanting to accept his drinking, but I didn't want an alcoholic around my children. So Mandy was like, okay, you're acting weird. You're drinking again. Why are you drinking again? Yeah. Why are you? It's been years. You you gave it up. Like, you promised you would quit. You said you wouldn't drink in front of the kids. And that starts a really heated argument. And then David hit Mandy. I do not understand how you can look at someone and say, I love you, and also physically harm them. I don't get it. That was really upsetting. It was. It really was. Upsetting, it's yeah. totally. I mean, the here, here's the thing. I, I've, I have said this many times. I know that I am quite capable 
of severely injuring someone. If someone were to harm you or anybody that I love in front of me, I know that it would be very hard for me not to put them in the hospital. Yeah. But to look at someone and say, I love you and physically harm them because you don't have the words or the restraint or the whatever you, I don't understand it. Yeah. And so their arguments increased over time and they increased in magnitude. And she was like, I don't want to have sex with you. I get that. I don't know if it's a woman or a man thing, but if I'm just like not vibing with you right now, my vagina isn't either. We are one. It's I I, I feel like it's separate. I don't want to throw that out there. Like, because he would always want to have sex and then fight and then have makeup sex. I fucking hate makeup sex. I do too. Even if the fight is over, I still don't want to be around you. And my vagina is like six hours behind. Let me. So like, <laughs> it just like, it's true. Like I, I could have calmed down, but she's, she's still mad. Listen, I don't want to fight. That's the thing. I don't want to fight with people I love. If you are fighting. Yeah. Something has happened. I mean, you and I have maybe had one argument. That was, neither of us were in good places. We were were very tired. We were very tired emotionally, (laughs) mentally, physically. You watched me hyperventilate. (laughs) It was a thing. But like, to have an argument where you're shouting, that's not something I aspire to. It's not sexy. And like, people are like, oh, but the passion. And then after we had sex. that is not passion. No, that's not. That is bad communication. And we have a promo code for better health. Yeah, I don't like it. No, and so Mandy was like, look, between the drinking and the fighting and his piss poor attitude, the attraction left the building. Yeah. And he was so relentless in his pursuit for sex that she would just give in so he would shut the fuck up. Yeah. That is not a way to live life. But I, I feel bad because Mandy was like, I didn't want to admit defeat with mm-hmm. my marriage. I didn't want to have to stand up in front of my friends and family, especially the ones who warned me about getting married this young. I didn't want to have to say, you were right. I know. I get it. Been I totally there. get yeah. it. It is. It's so not true. But people saying like it's okay. Nobody feels bad. It doesn't matter. It's like if you like fuck up an audition and your friend is like, "I'm sure you did great." You're like, "Oh, fuck off, Toby." <laughs> like you just don't want to hear it. Sometimes you just don't want to hear it or face it. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's a thing. And and also, let's be real. We are conditioned to be like, oh, I got to get married, have two kids, a dog, the white picket fence, and then it's forever. Mm -hmm. Life is so much more complicated than that. It's not that black and white. And you know what? At the end of the day, you got to fight for your happiness. And if somebody ain't showing up in the way that they said that they would, because that's part of their vows, and you no longer, you have exhausted all of your, your options with them of trying to make it work, babe, the people that matter won't care, and the people who care don't matter. And the people. And the papo. And the and the papo. Could you just let me have this moment? <laughs> Mandy refused to admit defeat, so over the next few years, she did her best to ignore the husband-shaped elephant in the room. She started her own cleaning company and focused on her kids instead. I think she wanted everybody to feel like she was in a good marriage. Most of us could see that it was a little rocky. So Mandy started a cleaning company and she just was like, you know what? I'm going to focus on work. I'm going to focus on my kids. Kids yeah. are so fucking weird. And you know what's wild is, is that friend Nicole is here and she's like, we knew things weren't great. We, we, she didn't have to tell us. We knew. We knew that she was unhappy and that they were trying to keep up appearances. So it's like, yeah, they always know. Friends and family always know. Yeah. Did I ever tell you what people said when I told them that I was divorcing Travis? What? We'll say uh, Travis and I are getting divorced. Travis and I are getting divorced. Mm. Um, should we do Chinese? <laughs> it was. I hate that though. But it's true. It was just so obvious. It wasn't news. Yeah. It wasn't like you know when you know when some couples break up and you're like, no. Were you shocked when I told you I was breaking up with my ex fiance? No. Really? No. I was like, oh, three years later than I thought. <laughs> By 2005, with all Mandy had going on, she wasn't too alarmed when she began feeling incredibly groggy even after getting a solid night's sleep. I was finding myself in the middle of the day not being able to keep my eyes open. I couldn't figure out exactly what was going on with me. There was many, many times that I called there at their house and he would answer the phone, well, she's asleep. So she was feeling drowsy in the middle of the day. Do you know one time before Kinky Boots, I took a drowsy Sudafed? 
by accident. Oh, no. I actually did. And Chelsea Nachman brought me a Diet Coke, and I started, like, drinking coffee. I was like, wow, I'm all of a sudden tired. And I thought it, I obviously was like, I have cancer. Um, <laughs> so Mama Tony is like, yeah, I would call the house, and David would say she was sleeping. And Mama Tony was like, it's 4.30. But, like, yeah, I mean, she was getting a full night's sleep, and then nap it in the afternoon. So then Mandy started waking up in the middle of the night and it was with a very bitter taste in her mouth. And I don't mean the bitterness she felt toward her alcoholic husband. I mean a literal bitter taste in her mouth. And Mandy was like... This reasoning is so weird. Oh my God. Mandy was like, I have a bitter taste in my mouth. I got it. Not a possible change in my diet, but Maybe there's spiders crawling in my mouth. From the canopy above our bed. I was like, huh. What? Great. I was looking to unlock a new irrational fear (laughs) to keep me up at night. Thank you, Mandy, for who the bleep did I fucking marry. I woke up with a cobweb on the corner of the bed in the canopy and it said terrific on it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see Broken Down Palace with Claire Danes and Kate Beckinsale? When that roach crawled crawled in her ear. ear. Scared me for 10 years. Do you know that that's a real thing? That happens. I know people that's happened to in Louisiana. No, thank you. No, thank you. So Mandy was like, what is this taste in my mouth? So Mandy was confused, and she told David, and David's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that seems that right. That sounds like spiders. Oh, yeah. Spiders? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The spiders are crawling in your mouth. What the fuck? Nightmare. So time keeps passing, and Mandy's fatigue is worsening. And then we arrive on Thanksgiving 2006. She was still super exhausted, mm-hmm. but she was excited because... She was hosting Thanksgiving and cooking for the family. My worst fucking nightmare. Yeah, no. That's too uh, much work. Too much work. Call Whole Foods. So. They make a lovely turkey. I'm serious. And They do. Yeah. My father was coming. I was very excited to be cooking for my whole family. Mandy went to sleep that night feeling happy for the first time in a long time. Until she suddenly awoke to a blinding sensation. I was woken up to a light in my face. She wakes up in the middle of the night and she has this like blinding flashlight in her eye. And she wakes up and she was like, ooh, I'm blinded by, she did, that's what she sang. Blinded by the light. What's up? She did. So she kind of like, you know, frazzles her eyes a bit and then the light turns off and she sees her husband run away. Like scurry around yeah. the bed. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> he literally scurries to his yeah. side of the bed and she sees him stuff something under the mattress. And of course she gets up and digs under there for like whatever he's hiding and she pulls out a glass bottle with a dropper that's filled with like a cloudy sort of liquid in it. And she's like, David, what the fuck is this? And he's just staring at her blankly. And he's like, just starts gaslighting the shit out of her. And is like, "Uh, what's wrong with you? Why are you so crazy? What do you think is happening here? Also, I have the best gaslighter joke. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Did you hear the joke about the gaslighting? No. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I get it. I'm just kidding. I wanted to go with the bit. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking crazy. And she's like, you just were standing over me with a flashlight in my fucking eyes. It's Thanksgiving today. You ran off. And you know what I taste? That fucking bitterness again. What the fuck is going on? And he's like, you're overreacting, which is my favorite, by the way. Never in the history of anyone saying that anyone was overreacting did that cause that person to calm down. Could you imagine... Even me. Let's remember that night we spent in the hotel for Emily's wedding. Yeah. And we woke up in the middle of the night because fire alarm. Yes. And then you woke up in the middle of the night and ran out of the room because you had a dream that someone was killing you and I had to literally put you back into bed. Why are you friends with me? (laughs) I was like, you're fine. And then we cuddled for a little while until I was like, it's hot. I have bad nightmares. (laughs) I. I know, babe. I I was so weird. But anyway, could you imagine me standing over you? With a fucking flashlight in your eyes. How do you, you sleep next to people you trust. Yeah. And by the way, him saying, are you overreacting is code for I'm busted. Yep. I'm busted because someone is reacting negatively to something I've said or done. And she's like, okay, so weird. So we got the dropper. We got this weird taste in my mouth. And she's like, is this something you've been putting in my mouth while I've been sleeping? And he's like, you know what? Let's 
talk more about how crazy you are. Yeah, he's like, Let's you know, talk about that dropper. Yeah, he's like, you know, what's a great movie? Uh, Avatar. Yeah. She's like, what? Where did that come from? Yeah. So, and he doesn't, he's like, so crazy, right? She doesn't even know Avatar. Women are so crazy. <laughs> I fucking hate Avatar. So, Manu's like, this is not a safe situation. And, you know, her best friend, Nicole, lives across the street, which, could you imagine if we lived across the street from each other? <laughs> I know. It would not be good. It would not be good. After hours of not getting anywhere with David, Mandy decided she needed space. So I went across the street to Nicole's house to tell her what had happened. She was crying. She didn't know what to do. I told her I didn't feel that that was right. I, I would be furious with my husband if he did that to me because it was very evident he was drugging her. He was giving her something. And so she goes over there and she tells Nicole everything. And Nicole was like, what the fuck, bro? This guy is drugging you while you're sleeping? Like, that's not normal. And she's got the dropper. She's like, yeah. see? Look at this. Yeah. And down bitch Nicole is like, okay, like, you know what? I mean, we do this to each other, too. We like, she's pumping him up. You go over there and you figure, you ask him what that is. You get those he, answers. Yeah, that is creepy. And she's kind of like pumping Mandy up yeah. a little bit. And if he doesn't answer, you just stick your pointer finger and you poke him in the chest. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, come on. Imagine, Mandy, wherever you are, if you're listening, I'm so sorry this happened to you. I cannot imagine being drugged in your sleep by someone you love and trust. I, that's nuts. So she does go back over there and confronts him. And this time when she demands to know what's in the bottle, he's like, okay, it's crushed up Xanax to help you sleep. Yeah. Why don't you stop being a lunatic for five seconds yeah. and be grateful that I gave your crazy ass some Xanax because I realize you just need to sleep because so you'll be less crazy. And she was like, okay, so let me understand this. You think I need to sleep. So you're drugging me why I'm fucking sleeping. Yeah. Well, because... It doesn't make any sense. It must be tiring being so crazy. <laughs> he really did gaslight the shit out of her. I mean, she was like, I was born at night, but it wasn't last yeah. night. Yeah. So Mandy made David promise to never take her health into his own hands again. I just asked him to please kindly stop. He was like, okay, I'll stop. This is where Mandy is bigger than you or I. Continue. Oh. Well, I think she was determined to not throw the towel in. I mean, I, I think that, first of all, I'm not victim blaming. I, I, I want to make that clear. We, everybody has their reasons for the things that they do, why they stay, why they leave. I think that her pride was wrapped up in it. I understand. She didn't want people to be right. I get it. She's fighting for her kids. She wants them to have a dad. I can understand all of that. Anyway, it's not for me to judge. So Mandy's like, okay, I'm going to choose to believe you in this situation because anything else is crazy. Anything else means that you're trying to drug me and kill me. Are you mm. trying to kill me? Right. And so she says, promise me you'll never do that again. You're not a doctor. Yeah. You're not my doctor. You'll never do that again, right? And he goes, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, Ugh, fine, whatever, crazy. Yeah, I'll never do fine. it again. Uh, I'm so sorry I cared so much about your sleep. <sighs> Could you imagine? I mean, she's also like, who am I sleeping next to? I've been married to you for eight years at this point. And so she basically tells us that she had no choice. Yeah. No choice but to believe him. After eight years of marriage, Mandy wasn't sure what to think. There were so many things that were going through my head, but I wanted to believe him. I wanted to make my marriage work. So I had to believe him. So in the winter of 2007, when Mandy awoke to a familiar light shining in her face, she was completely distraught. Boom. A fucking light in her face again. And, and it was not the angel Gabriel with glad tidings. Yeah. She jumps up and she's like, wait, I know what's going on now. David bolts out of the room. And she chases him. She chases after him, follows him into the garage, and she gets into the garage just in time to see him stuffing something in the sofa in the garage. Why is there a sofa in the garage? I don't know. Is that like a rec room? Maybe. We had a pool table in our garage. Oh, that's fun. Anyway. <laughs> so from then on, they barely speak. And she's like, I'm hiding this from my kids. Also, she's embarrassed. She has no reason to be embarrassed. But whenever there's marital problems, there's always some weird, odd. But we didn't say. She made him pull it out again. It was the vial. Oh, yeah. It was the same bottle yeah. with the fucking cloudy liquid in it. She's like, you promised me. Yeah. You weren't going to drug me. She's so confused. I know. And she's so patient. You promised you wouldn't drug me again. It's in 
crazy. She's trying to protect the kids while simultaneously coming up with some sort of plan now because she understands this is not realistic. Yeah. I I can't stay here. And that's when we get to the fall of 2008. And finally, Mandy gets some answers. Buckle up, y'all, because this is fucking crazy. Yeah. In the fall of 2008, after discovering that her husband David had been drugging her in her sleep, Mandy Wise decided to have a look at the videos on his cell phone. So David one day leaves his cell phone at home. We always find out shit through the phone. Always. Anything you need to know about someone's true nature is in their phone. It's in their texts. It's in their missed calls. It's in their DMs. It's on their Facebook. It's in their email. Don't leave your phone. Don't If you have something to hide, we're going to find your phone. You know, I always say, like, don't go through my phone. I will never go through anyone's phone. It is such an invasion. It truly is. And also, I'm like, don't go looking for... uh, You can misconstrue anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she starts looking through David's phone, and she finds three videos. Incriminating videos. Yeah. Of David having sex Mm -hmm. with her Mm -hmm. while she is fucking asleep. Not just asleep. She's like a corpse because she is drugged out of her mind. I just wrote, oh my God. I, what the fuck? So it turns out that David was drugging her in her sleep so he could sexually assault her while she was knocked out. That is so twisted. What a violation. I cannot even imagine what went through her mind when she saw those videos. Yeah. I mean, on I I can't physically do this today. I just kept writing. I just kept writing. Oh my god. She has no recollection of this. No, of Any of she it. She doesn't. She doesn't know. So she's trying to like email herself, yeah. but remember this is like 2008, you know. So she grabs smart thinking. She grabs her camcorder, films the video so she has the evidence. Yep. David comes home. She you know, there's always that thing like do I wait? Do I ask a question? No, she's like boom. What the fuck? And thank God, because that violation is the push she needs to get a divorce. Well, the crazy thing, the e- even more infuriating, is that when she confronts him, he is just staring at her blankly. Like, she was like, hey, we need to get the oil changed on the car. And yeah. he's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mandy no longer doubted what she needed to do next. After 11 years of marriage, she filed for divorce, and David moved out. It was very hard to take that step to let everybody know that I failed and that my marriage didn't work and break apart my family. That's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. My kids. Oh, by the way, someone told me that I monologue too much. Is that real? Yeah, someone really said that. Who? I don't know. Someone in my DM said I monologue too much. And Somebody like, DM'd you to tell you that? Yeah. But it was someone with like no fault. Fo- like it was like a made up thing. Uh, like a made- Oh, right. It's probably the person. There was someone who wrote a review that said and knock it off with the monologues, Ellen. Nobody cares. Shut up. Yeah. Well, well, whoever that is, what was that person's name? Do you remember? Somebody who thinks that you want to date Scott Peterson. Oh, great. Well, here we go. Here's a fucking monologue for you. Because Mandy was like, I failed. I just want to say. Because I get this feeling. Because this woman was patient as fuck, right? You did not fail. We have to stop saying that. Divorce is not a fucking failure. We got to stop saying till death do us part. Because everybody gets into marriage with the best of intentions. Except for me. I should have called it off the day of. (laughs) And I know, listen, I know you got people out there have marriages who stand the test of time. Congratulations. You fulfilled your life. Fast forward. But I'm just saying, I would like to say this. And I actually, that this story really, really made me think about this today. I mean this wholeheartedly. I'm, I am not broken. I always, I always joke that I am. We need to think of divorce as a success. Mm. Seriously. Because that's when you stop living your life for someone else or whatever those like preconceived expectations of like what we're supposed to do. You had that feeling too. And you're like, I actually was just getting married because I thought I should. But when you get divorced is the first time, it's usually the first time in your life that you make a really hard decision where you put yourself first. Yeah. Because think about all through our life, we make decisions for other people all the time, all the time. And so when you get a divorce, you get a chance to start over. Yeah. You really, really do. And you get to go forward in any way you want, on whatever timeline you want. You're a much wiser person, probably hotter. I think people deserve a second chance at love. She she just said that a lot of times in this episode, didn't yeah. she? She yeah. said it like six or seven well, times. I would be curious 
Also, be- you're welcome for that monologue, whoever hates my monologue. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm get also fucked, like, no one it's asked. a podcast. I know. What I, what, we're not supposed to talk? She just, she said it a lot of times. And I was like, I know people feel this way. I know people I, think like, I don't want to get a divorce. I don't want to tell people I failed. Do you know how many people I know that are of my generation or older who stayed in marriages that they were unhappy in for a myriad of reasons that had nothing to do yeah. with their own happiness? All I'm saying is it takes a lot of bravery to make a decision like that. And I think you got to fight for your happiness. Yeah. Life is too short. Yeah. Just ask my dad. He's Just kidding. Dead. You can't. Dad's dead. <laughs> He's fine. He sends his love. <laughs> so dumb bitch best friend Nicole was like, listen, I know you're upset. I know you feel some kind of way about getting divorced, but I think you should take this to the police. And Mandy's like, you know what? I don't want anyone knowing. I just, I want this to go away. I don't want people to find out. Yeah. I don't want my kids to find out. She was like in a little bit of a spiral, a shame spiral. By October 2009, Mandy and David's divorce was final. It was difficult for Mandy to acknowledge how wrong she'd been about David. I feel like there's somewhere where David went off the grid. People like that are capable of doing anything. And I thought... If he could do this to his wife, then he could probably do it to anybody. So I decided to make the phone call to the Indianapolis Police Department. So then we arrive in October of 2009. The divorce is final. Mandy had time to think about what had happened to her and process it and be like, you know what? I would hate for this to happen to another woman. Mm -hmm. You know, like what if he goes off and and meets someone else, remarries, and he's doing this shit to them or a girlfriend or somebody. Yeah. And so that's when she's like, no, I can't let this go. So she calls the Indianapolis Police Department. Yeah. And he was charged with one count of sexual assault, five counts of deviant sexual behavior. And he wasn't charged with drugging Mandy with the vial of cloudy liquid because there wasn't physical evidence. Put a pin in that. And shocking surprise to no one, David, he pled not guilty. Which I, dude, you know there's actual videotape of you violating your sleeping wife. This isn't going to go well for you. I think this man is a few french fries short of a happy meal, if you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, and you know what? It took three years of legal battles. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, listen, I, I spent a year in court with you. It was That shit's yeah, exhausting. It's exhausting. But on April 28th, 2014, it went to trial. Obviously, there was the video evidence, and one of David's friends ended up testifying against him because he said that David had gotten on the phone with him, and bragged about assaulting his wife in her sleep. And his reasoning was... Wait, wait, wait. wait. He called one of his friend's wives. What? He called one of his friend's wives and told her. I didn't know that part. I somehow missed that part. Yeah, he was like, hey, what are you doing? Um, Crazy about the Boy Scout meeting going over by an hour, right? Um, Two things. Um, How do you get your buffalo dip so tangy? Honestly, delicious. Also, my wife isn't having sex with me much, so I think I'm going to give her a cocktail of uh, Xanax and Ambien Ambien. and see what happens. And you know what he said to this person? He said, well, if she won't give it, I'm going to take it. Fuck you. You are disgusting. Even David himself testified that he had given his wife drugs for three years. He had been prescribed Xanax and Ambien on a number of different occasions. David said if he was experiencing lapses in judgment due to drinking. This guy is such a narcissist. He took the stand. What did you think was going to happen when you took the stand? And when he took the stand, tell him what he did. He said, well, I have been taking a cocktail of Xanax and Ambien myself. I had been prescribed. And um, I just, it clouded my judgment. So, um, And he was like, yeah, fine, I gave right? it to her too. He admitted it yeah. on the stand. I'm like, sir, you just. He's like, also, I have, a, I have a drinking problem. But I'm like, why would you get on the stand and incriminate yourself, you big fucking dummy? And yeah. so two days later, David was convicted on all the charges. And then something weird happened. This is super weird. Weird. This is weird slash infuriating. So he gets 20 years, but not 20 full years in jail. He got 12 years suspension and then eight years probation on home detention with like a GPS a GPS monitor. monitor. Yeah. 
And they were like, well, he doesn't have a criminal history. Well, yeah, he does. Yes, he does. And Mandy was like, are you kidding me? All this time, do you know how hard this was for me? All this time in court, being assaulted, trying to process all of it, trying to do the right thing. And this judge obviously doesn't take this seriously. Because the truth is, is that if somebody is bold enough to drug their wife Mm -hmm. in their sleep and sexually assault them and film it, what's to keep them from doing it again? Yeah. And especially after the testimony he gave. And then two months after that bullshit sentence, he didn't charge his GPS monitor. Like, apparently he was at home. He said the battery died. And he... Well, he went off the grid for six hours. Yeah. Like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, you have one job. That's to keep your fucking bracelet on, you idiot. And he got thrown in jail for five years. And then three years at home detention. And Mandy was very obviously happy about this. She felt like, okay, okay, I can relax a little now. Like, Uh I got some justice. I feel like what I have done has brought attention to spousal rape. And now people are becoming more aware Everybody needs to know that if you don't give consent, there is no consent. And so now Mandy has focused on having a better life for herself and her kids. She's an advocate for sexual assault, specifically with spousal sexual assault. And she's determined to make a difference. I think it's very brave. Well, I got some bad news. Oh, fuck. So you remember that five-year conviction he got? Yeah. He only served 10 months behind bars. Wow. And he had to register as a sex offender okay. and, and and wear the GPS monitor. However, in 2017, he was arrested again for hiding a camera in a Kroger bathroom and videotaping people. And in 2018, he pled guilty for one count of voyeurism and he spent 910 days in jail. So I wanted to look this up because... The statutes are different back then. They changed a couple years after because the statute allowed for a class B felony. Sexual assault fell under that to have suspended sentences with no time served, like for sexual assault. Those laws changed in the state of Indiana in 2014. But like it's still really, really low amounts of time. What's going on in Indiana? I don't know. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm processing what you're saying yeah. to me. It's just, it's just a I lot. I just if I were Mandy, I would be Yeah, livid. because what you're saying is is that to these victims is that these crimes don't matter to us in that way or that they're not somehow as serious as other crimes. I just don't I don't understand yeah. that. It's a this is a wild case. And listen, Mandy spoke a little bit at the uh, at the end of the episode, but marital sexual assault is considered a form of domestic violence and sexual abuse. And if you've experienced sexual assault by an intimate partner, I definitely understand that that can be challenging to come forward for so many different reasons. You know, you could be concerned for your safety or the safety of your kids. And I know ending an abusive relationship is not something That is easy and you do not have to do it alone or on anyone's timeline. So if you need the sexual assault hotline, that number is 1-800-656-4673. And please reach out for help if you need it. Say something funny. Do you think we can petition Barbara Streisand to re-record Papal? Purple hoodie, You gotta get that nose. You gotta get that nose. Did I? Who the bleep did I marry? <laughs> who the bleep did you not marry? Congratulations to you for not getting married. And congratulations to you for getting divorced and reclaiming your life because your ex is a real twat. I and know. so is his mom. I could have stopped. Oh, God. Y'all, I'm going to put that picture of that outfit in the Facebook group. You guys are not going to catch your breath. If you would like more of Joey and I, please. 
please join us on the Patreon. We are covering Southern Fried Homicide right now. That is the series that we, and Joey is not too impressed with the narrator's accent. I will just tell you that right now. I'm not too much, but she seems like a lovely person. Please follow us on all social media. We really, really do love connecting. We have the absolute best listeners in the world. You can find us everywhere at I Think Not Pod. Where can they find you, Joey? You can find me on the Instagram at It's Joey Taranto. And tell them where they can find you, Yellen Marsh. And that's Ellen Marsh with a Y. And if you do have a moment, sometimes our most loyal and loving listeners forget to leave us a five-star review and just know that it really does help us in the algorithm. Those things are precarious and wacky. So if you have time, please warm up those thumbs, give us a five-star review, and tell people why they should listen to us. And if your name is Misty456, you can choke on a dick. But (laughs) we love you so much, and we'll be back next week. We will be back next week. And you know what, Yellen Marsh? Yeah. I sure do love you. I sure do love you. We love you, DB. (laughs) Love you all. Love you. Bye. Bye. You're you're really selling the kids here for me. <laughs> like you just you go to a children's museum and they're like, "Honey, did we eradicate polio?" <laughs> I feel like it's making a comeback. You know what? No one can ever accuse me and Joey of being fake. We are inherently ourselves. Take us or leave us. Take me for what I am. And if you give a damn, take me, baby. Believe me. <laughs> I wanted to name our team when we were in Kinky Boots. I wanted to name us the um, the pitch slaps. <laughs> what is that? Pitch, like the the pitch, like you pitch from the softball pitch. Okay. Pitch slap. Okay. It's a play on words, Joey. Uh, good for pitch you. Slap. Pitch oh, slap. Oh, pitch slap. Okay. Wow, you really had to like. It's really not. You know that sometimes I'm uh, sometimes this brain don't register everything. I know. You you, you smoked you smoked your lunch. Okay. <laughs> Papple who need Papple. 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 In the world. <laughs> I am not being hyperbolic when I say rent changed my life. Same. How about a fur in perfect shape, owned by an NBA from uptown? I got a tweed broken in by a greedy broker who went broke and then broke down. A tweed broken in by a greedy broker who Who went went broke broke and and then then broke down. down. That's the most genius line in the whole show. Well, thanks for coming to our Broadway podcast, where we talk about musicals and what they meant to us. (laughs) 